This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Well, we welcome you to Real Talk on this Friday. Excited to have you here. This is a special edition of the show. Our Real Talk Roundtable presented by Urban Timber welcomes three movers and shakers into our Real Talk studio. If you're listening on the podcast, you won't be able to see this unless you check out my Twitter. But if you're watching us live streaming or later on YouTube, you can see this phenomenal masterpiece behind me. This is an original painting uh, by celebrated artist Louis Lavoie. He put this together for us and donated it to the Real Talk Pond Hockey Classic, which goes to Tomorrow, that's Saturday, February 4th, and this beautiful piece is currently up for auction. You can check out my Twitter profile, at Ryan Jesperson, currently sitting at $350, which is well below its value, to say the least. This is an original work. We're going to wrap up the auction tomorrow. That's Saturday, February 4th at 3 o'clock Mountain Time. You can bid online. You'll be able to bid in person at the Pond Hockey Classic, which I know is where we'll see a lot of that auction Action, Of course, all proceeds going to our partner charities. That's Uncles and Aunts at Large and Kids Sports St. Albert. We can't wait to see all of you out at Larry Alexiak Field in St. Albert tomorrow. Her worship mayor, Kathy Heron, is going to be out there to kickstart us off. We've got an anthem, and then we hit the ice. It's going to be a ton of fun. This is pure Canadiana. Uh, first puck drops at 10 in the morning. We'll go through till about 5 o'clock. Our friends at Dairy Queen are there with burgers. Of course, we've got a ton of cold beers and a bunch of bonfires <laughs> burning. Johnny Infamous is going to be out there spinning Perfect the tunes. weather, too. Just cold enough for the ice, but not too freezing that you're going to hate being out there. This is the perfect problem to have when you're working on a pond hockey classic. We're, we're, we're hoping that it, the weather's not too nice that the ice starts to melt. Yeah, sloppy. It's way better than wondering if everybody's going to be able to feel their extremities, feel their fingers <laughs> yeah. and toes at minus 30. So everything gets started tomorrow in St. Albert. You can find all the details on our website at ryanjesperson.com under the events link. Now, typically, you know, of course, our best friend, Supriya Devetti joins us on Friday. She's taking a couple of weeks out of the spotlight and we wish her and her family well. It means that we get to kick off our Real Talk Roundtable right out of the gates today and we're going to get into it. I mean, and this is an issue that we talk about on the show. Sometimes we flirt with it. Sometimes it's alluded to and sometimes it's spelled out. But the reality has not changed. A recent poll showed that just 4% of women felt like they could confidently and comfortably express themselves at work. Less than 5%. So, enter Maggie. Yeah, that's right. Who is Maggie? What is Maggie? What's this all about? It's my pleasure to say hello to the co-founder of Maggie, Jen Von Barent. And of course, her partner, Danny Strang, the other co-founder of Maggie. These two uh, have established an emerging platform uh, where women are invited to unlearn what stops them from expressing their innermost ideas, perspectives, and opinions. Their IPOs, if you will, using journalism within <laughs> magazines as a catalyst. And we're also very excited to have Aaron Davis joining us. Aaron is the lead inclusion strategist at Aaron Davis Co. Uh, she stars in the Magazine Club docuseries, which we're going to learn a lot about, obviously. Uh, she's an award-winning expert, an inspirational speaker, and a global thought leader in the field of diversity and inclusion. To the three of you, welcome to Real Talk. We're so glad to have you sitting around the table. Thanks Thank for you. having Thank us. You. Happy to be here. Happy hey, Friday. Yeah. Yeah, happy Friday, happy Friday. You uh, <laughs> sat around this table off air 
The cameras yes. were off. The microphones were put away a while ago. And uh, you and I, having been friends for a while, we're just catching up. And, it was good, and yeah. You had been on this journey in a number of different contexts, bringing me up to speed. How did this whole thing get started? Wow, it's a juicy story. I was telling Danny yesterday that our goal today, or my goal at least, is to walk out of here with a really big vulnerability hangover. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. So that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, if we haven't walked out with those big overwhelming feelings, it means we haven't gone deep enough. So Ryan, you got to hold us accountable to that. Oh, yeah, well, we're okay. dig in. I, I, feel like this, the, I feel like the vibe of this roundtable is going to be a little bit different. And maybe Maybe for obvious reasons, because I feel like sitting at the table that maybe I'm part of the problem. Ooh, actually, you know what? That's pretty juicy because something that... So Maggie, as you guys will all learn, and the Magazine Club docuseries is about... It does focus on gender equality. It does focus on women. It focuses on a whole lot of other things. At the heart of it is authentic expression. Yes. And we're so excited to, to explain how it all comes together. But in terms of you being part of the problem or men versus women that is just a binary that Danny and I are not willing to put ourselves in that box we love men we're not blaming anyone patriarchy it's about systems that aren't working for all of us okay so yep. Yep. When- and and a big tagline that we use and you can take this maybe we'll get a t-shirt for you to wear around in the studio <laughs> sure is that if women only care about this it's not going to move the dial. Yeah, and gonna so um, men and, and all genders, quite frankly, are, are partners in unlearning. And our belief is that by focusing on women being themselves, can they be themselves in the boardroom and that, and that poll that you shared, and we've got some fascinating studies that we want to mention today as well that are really a core of our why, by focusing on women, and if you think about it, allowing women to step into their authentic expression confidently and being celebrated for doing so, that paves the way for men to do the same in a different way. We're all in this together. We're all in as, it together. As cringy as the tagline is, it's, it's very true. So how did it all start? It started seven years ago with Danny, myself, this wonderful woman named Melissa, and we, we got together. We were looking for something to catalyze professional growth for ourselves and to really spark our nerdy minds and to actually help us with getting out there, being more confident around the boardroom table. We couldn't find anything. We were noodling around with things. We were like, eh, we could start a book club, but we don't have time to read a book every month because we're mm. working 70 hours a month. So we picked magazines, exceptional journalism within magazines to be specific. And it started out as this group of women who would get together and discuss polarizing topical things. And there wasn't a lot more intention around that other than that it was a safe space. It was okay to disagree. We we're just going to expand ourselves. Really cerebral mm-hmm. conversations about topical things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was great. It really did like Danny and I can tell stories and in our docu-series our six episode docu-series um we we really dig into what that original magazine club did for us Mm -hmm. but then life happened we disbanded people went into different places in their careers and it was through Danny and my very significant burnout experiences in the Mm. corporate world that we came together and we we just said this thing that we had created before was kind of magical we recognize a problem which Danny's going to explain with some some juicy details my favorite word right now can you tell mm-hmm. juicy go with it <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, and we decided that we needed to augment this thing to help a ton of people a ton of people we wanted to, to scale it create a community and a platform and yeah i mean the the docu series itself came about because 
we knew that we had this problem identified, this awesome solution that was very unique, we started applying for grants. And the first grant we got was a film grant. We did not necessarily want to make a film. We're not filmmakers. Well, you no. are now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you, may, you may not have been filmmakers, I, but you I, are can now. Can I say how weird it was to put that on LinkedIn? Yeah. Film, filmmaker? Right? Filmmaker, absolutely. Because there's this stuff around, well, who's giving me permission? Or like somebody needs to validate the fact that I've done this well, It's thing. kind of a big word, like filmmaker. It's like it people, It's like people that put philanthropists right? on their bio. Yes, yeah. but we are. We truly are filmmakers. And, you know, that... I want to pause on that part of the story for a minute. And I, w- I really hope that we spend a big chunk of the time talking about the docuseries today. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned earlier, Aaron, Aaron was a huge part of, of the docuseries. But when women have ideas, we, Jen and I sort of talked to us and it's like, great, we have this idea. We want to help women feel more confident in that boardroom with their authentic IPOs, those ideas, perspectives, opinions. Or around the dinner table. Around the dinner table. Sure. Yeah. Because there's going to be people, right, Aaron? There's going to be uh, women in particular, but people that are listening to this that are going to go, hey, listen, I feel like ignored and undervalued or or maybe even insecure in certain scenarios, but I'm not in a boardroom. This is just my everyday life. Yeah. I think, you know, part of the work that I do is around how do we get to this place of inclusion? And you mentioned this earlier about like, maybe I'm the problem. No, like we're all in this journey to get to a place of inclusion, but we have through the magazine club and the work that Maggie's going to start doing and is doing that women are not able to fully express themselves, that we've identified a problem. And here is a very direct solution to start to build that confidence. And I can, I see that outside the boardroom. I see that with women um, all the time, not being able to achieve their highest potential and seeing um, physical barriers in their way, but also invisible barriers. And that is part of this. How can we create a safe space for them to have conversations together? All right, well, let, let's, let's meet some of the people behind the magazine club i'm a woman we are conditioned to people please we are conditioned to keep our voice silent so that we don't rock the boat we don't create waves but what that creates is systemic self-betrayal it it brought up questions in me how many other women are feeling as suppressed as i felt we can so buy into the narrative that promises us all of our hearts desires if we only do everything right but it's all a lie i've been told so many times that you're not worth it you're not gonna get there i've been underestimated so many times and now i love it because let me show you what i'm gonna do I love that. People listening on the podcast will recognize that last voice. That's Bean Gill, who's oh, just yeah. a force of nature. Um, mm-hmm. I'm watching She's the National amazing. last night, and all of a sudden you see a promo for her new show come up. I'm yes. Like, oh, my gosh. Ooh, it's going to be so good. We, we knew her before she was famous, but she's just kicking ass right now. So so tell us about these people that we just heard from. These people, we have over 20 amazing people who star in this six-episode series, and most of them are from Edmonton. We've got some people that flew, flew in to participate in this, but... They are incredible subject matter experts. They are psychologists. They are doctors. They are people like Aaron Davis. We have um, Cheryl Watson, who's a former mayoral candidate. So much diversity there and these lived perspectives Mm -hmm. as well as being subject matter experts. When we got into the directing people and, and really pulling out this authentic expression from them in the film, 
I think everybody cried at least yep. once. Wasn't our goal, but mm. but it got it got really real. So they went into their subject matter expertise for us, and then they went into their humanity for us. So when we look at this, these numbers, and Aaron, I'm, I'm curious for your take on it. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a striking number, 4%. I'd be curious to know, like, generally, like, writ large, or if you talk to men, what would be the number with men? Do you feel confident expressing yourself in the workplace? An astounding 99% said yes. There's maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe a bit of a difference. There's a bit of a difference in the dynamics. So, so why? What do we know about this and the root yeah. of it and the history and like can we go back yeah no for sure and and there's so many statistics out there in terms of women not being able to achieve and reach that highest potential that they are capable of i think that there is a big component in the corporate world where we compare ourselves we compare ourselves to what success looks like we haven't had the conversation about what does success look like for me what what do i want that to look like and another really fascinating statistic is women not actually putting their name forward for positions, for roles, even getting into the boardroom. There's um, an organization out there that's focused on giving education and awareness to women so that they can feel that confidence to say, like, my voice matters and I belong at this table. But the stat I'm thinking of is um, women will only apply for a job if they are 100% qualified, where men will look at a position and go, oh, you know, probably 60% of that uh, qualifies me. I'm going to put my name in the hat. And so we see this time and time again where women are not putting themselves out there. They're not putting themselves forward. There's this missing gap with my practice has been around confidence, but it's also about I'm not, I don't feel comfortable in these spaces. I don't feel this sense of belonging. And belonging has been a big thing that we'd also been talking about, right? I love that you said these spaces because what the magazine Club Dog Sears and what Maggie, our organization, is targeting is people, but also environments. Because it you can do all the work you possibly can on yourself, but if you are in an environment that harms you, or if you're in an environment that perpetuates some of these these systems and suppression, what are you going to do? The environment really needs to be looked at as well. Mm-hmm. So, so is society, generally speaking, starting to look at that environment? Like, as you asked more and more people from different professions, different lived experiences, what did you determine about how people feel about whether or not progress is being made or whether or not this is being taken seriously or whether or not it's even on the radar in some places? So it's, it's interesting that we, we call it systemic suppression for a reason right like it's just so when you think about you know brian how long have you been doing this for yeah a lot of years there's habits there's conditioned behaviors that you are just used to and they're in your subconscious they're not even happening and so within the magazine club and and we conducted our own research by the way we talked to about uh, 56 women at the end of 2021 and we asked them do in your current work environment do you feel confident to express those IPOs and we got that same basically the same result only two women said yes to that by the way one of those women who said yes was Erin Davis and only because she just started her own business yeah and the other woman who said yes was Bean <laughs> who Bean. also but owns her own who also business. owns her own business so she's able to authentically express her opinions ideas perspectives and so IPOs. then when we went back to those women our follow-up question was okay so when you were coming up against a barrier and this in the magazine club we call our better not reflex and we explore it in depth in the docu-series it's you get a download of an idea a perspective or opinion and then all of a sudden your body has this very real somatic response that says mm, you've had experiences before where you share something whether it's around the boardroom table in a community family 
friends, whatever that might be. And on the other side of your expression, there is trauma. There is negative experience. And so naturally over time, your body builds up a neurological pathway to do the thing it's supposed to do to protect you. And right? trauma can be being ignored as well. It's yes. not just someone laughing at your idea or not listening to sure. you. Sure. Because when you can't be like authoritative as your authentic self that adds up that adds up and adds up into from little t traumas to a big well, t and we trauma. know from ashley melke another great edmontonian She's business the founder owner hildenberg and burke right is it, did i pronounce that correctly no ashley melke is actually the founder of the grief and trauma healing center oh. in edmonton she's top 40 under four if you haven't had her on her on your show yet ryan I, she is a must. she's one of those she's one of those friends of a friend you okay know what I mean? yep yep yeah and yeah. so she participated in our docu-series as well and what we learned from Ashley is so I'll take my career as an example my I, I define my first 15 years of my career as my one-way ticket to loss of sense of self Ville zinger the zinger yeah the abandonment that we go through to fit in to achieve success to get the promotion mm-hmm. to be to be seen as amenable around the table because that gets us reward and slowly but surely over time that creates these 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 habits and these behaviors in your body that are literally like ironclad walls and Ashley tells us through the latest neuroscience that over time those small but insidious exposures that you slowly learn that your authentic expression is not valued or appreciated in the same way as your male counterparts Mm. that has the same impact on your brain as a big T traumatic event. Big T traumatic events are things like environmental disasters, being diagnosed with a life-threatening illness, divorce, So these things add up over time and they lead to, based on um, Ashley's research, they they lead to chronic burnout. They lead to a bunch of physical illness. They can even lead to suicide. Like it's a big deal. It's a Mm. real problem. And can we just, when we say burnout is a, big word right now it's a buzzy word right now and both Jen and I there's burnout the emotional exhaustion that you feel and that's real and when Jen and I say that we went through burnout what we mean is we our adrenal systems completely gave up at 32 hang on 32 or 33 years of age I was looking at being thrown into perimenopause because my I had been operating at such a heightened level of stress response so when I started to unpack my burnout experience and and the big part of Jen and I moving the magazine club docuseries from pie in the sky dream one day to actually being a real thing is recognizing that it was that suppression and the slow and subtle abandonment of my authentic expression that is a big factor to why I burned out. There's a great feature, by the way, on Ashley Mielke. I'm just noticing oh. they're, they're, they're a good friend of the show, Edify. Yes. Uh, people can check out edifyedmonton.com. Ashley Mielke, a top 40 under 40 in 2021. And as we're talking, I'm I'm taking a look at that feature. If people want to read up on her and, yep. and learn a little bit more uh, about the grief and trauma healing center we'll definitely get her on the show by the way rachel milky is the founder of there Milder we go yes. I'm, like, I'm, like, Connection. I'm like i knew the name was ringing a bell for some reason and we do spend in episode two we do spend a significant amount of time chatting with ashley about the connection of suppression 
of those IPOs to burnout. And like what's wild to me, Ryan, is we've never seen we're at like a, a historic height of emotional exhaustion and burnout in women. And we aren't that we haven't seen this low of labor engagement of women in the workplace since the 1980s. Wow. Yeah. Hey, fact. let's let's loop in our live chat because this is a, this these are like the most engaged media mm. consumers uh, in Western Canada. <laughs> and uh, and I want to make sure that that we're hearing their voices. Ben says this is really disheartening to hear. He says, I honestly don't even know what to say or comment. Uh, he says, this is not the world and community that I grew up with in a rural bubble. He says, everybody seemed to be accepting, supportive, loving to everybody. Uh, Megan says, isn't it wild how empowering the people around you gives people the confidence to express those ideas? And yes. then in all caps, who would have thought? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Megan goes yeah. on to say, they cut you down continuously and make you feel small. She says, Danny just hit the nail on the head. Oof. And oh, Kathy, <laughs> uh, Kathy says, I've been encouraging my cousin to go for jobs, even though she's not 100% yes. qualified. She's got real world experience that is just as good as any schooling. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think we have to remember this, right? I, there's this component of how am I building my own confidence and remembering that I'm not the only one who's going through these experiences. So how can I get into these rooms to have the conversation, to hear someone else's story and for the story to be validated that these environments are not working. The status quo is not working. It's causing women to not achieve their highest potential. It's causing them to leave the workplace. And I talk about this in the docuseries, I left, like I left the corporate world because I didn't fit in, I couldn't find my place, so I had to create it myself. And I think we're starting to see more and more of that happening. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Can we talk about your road to becoming an inclusion strategist? I was curious to know, is that because yeah. you felt excluded for so long? Well, you know, it's interesting, it's a long story, and it started with curiosity, and it really was, why am I applying for these jobs and not getting them? You know, am I not good enough? Um, I don't know, cue Taylor Swift. Uh, am I the problem? It's me. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, re realistically, I started to question my own credibility. Was I not good enough? And then I started looking at the research. So I think this is another really important part about what you will see in the magazine club is this is grounded in research. It's not just, it is what people are feeling, like this is a part of it, but there's been a ton of research talking about these barriers. And I did not exist in an environment where my skills were seen as valuable, where I was, that I looked like what it meant, what success looked like. And so it was a 10 year journey to getting to a place of saying, you know what, I, I now have the confidence, I'm gonna go out on my own. And listen, for everyone who's listening, it's been amazing because one, I have the community of support and I'm creating that environment in which I can be my authentic self. Mm -hmm. And we need more people to do that. We need more people to go out there and say like, this is the environment we need. This is the mm -hmm. example. One of the stats that is really the, the heart of what Danny and I are doing is the research, our own research and giant textbook called The Silent Sex says that women participate at two thirds the rate of men in critical conversations and critical conversations. Even all the way up to the Supreme Court. Yes. And so the representation is not there. So they participate at two thirds the rate of men. But that's just participation. And critical conversations, just to clarify, that means where decisions are being made for groups of people, the Supreme Court, great example. Participation is not 
necessarily authentic expression. So you're there, you're saying something. Is it what you really think? Huh. Because the diversity mm-hmm. and the inclusion, that the diversity, we don't get to utilize that. We don't get to absorb that if you're not expressing authentically. But how many women are expressing authentically out of the smaller subset that say anything at all? Our research says not very many. Your research says not very many, right? Yeah. So that is that gap in the research that we're digging into. And that authenticity is the thing that the Maggie practice is designed to build up, to build up your expression practice. I wonder if it's it's a good opportunity. Stories coming to mind. And, and I share the story in the Magazine Club docuseries. One of the things that we did... Uh, with the docu-series is, yeah, we wanted to have experts and we wanted to have science and research and all of these really important things to us so that the world knows we're not fluff. We're anchored in in real stuff. Mm-hmm. And But it's also about these really impactful, powerful women and men, and as well, men organization, next-gen men. We'll, we'll come back to that one in a second. But telling their vulnerable stories. And one of the stories that I shared, if we can give a real example of of not feeling comfortable or safe or knowing that there are real repercussions on the other side of your um, expression. I was um, consulting to an organization and it was at a time where Alberta had just changed their labor law rules to um, instead of you having to be in an organization for a year to qualify for parental leave, it went down to three months. And interestingly enough, Alberta was one of the last provinces to make that shift. I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in the boardroom table, one again, this organization that was culti- I was consulting with, one of the uh, men in the room sat back, folded his arms, and said, "It's completely selfish for a woman to become pregnant or even try to conceive within the first two years of their employment with an organization." Ouch. And at the time, I was going through my own very intense fertility journey. And it was so interesting to me how it wasn't a conversation about parents. So many women go back to the workplace early and we're seeing more and more dads take on more and more parental leave. But when these big shifts happen in society, it's interesting how it always comes back to motherhood and women. And in that moment, there was absolutely no way that I could express my experience safely, confidently because the the rest of the people in the room because of the power dynamics started agreeing with this man that might have been a career limiting a career limiting, career limiting move absolutely and probably not might have been if it's being spelled out that clearly or that yeah. confidently yeah. right yeah. Well, yeah. well let's go back to that comment you read out earlier about what can i do it's in those moments when you hear those conversations start going hold on like let's actually talk about that because that's absolutely. maybe the way we used to think but this is not the way that society wants to embrace what it means to be a parent, what it means to exist in the working place, what it means to show up and be our authentic mm-hmm. selves, right? But, yeah, and, and the feelings of, you know, another question that we, in that same research that we did with women, we said, okay, so you fall prey to your better not reflex, like I did in that experience. You don't say what you need to say that would actually shift the conversation, move the needle, create learning opportunities for everybody right. who's in that and you walk away with it and then you feel feelings of guilt of shame of remorse yeah that echo in the back of your head i should have said something i could have said something yeah whether the subject matter is as serious and heavy as what you're saying or whether it's something about an innovative way to approach something else at your company or I don't, like the, the grocery list at home whatever it is if 
you don't say that thing, it adds up and that echo in your mind. Okay, so yeah. I, I, you, you were hoping, I mean, you're wishing. This, this is like my buddies when they, when they go out all night drinking and don't drink a single water. It's like they're just waiting for the pain later. And you want, you want a vulnerability hangover. You're asking for it. So can I get personal? Because like the very first time you and I met in person, like for people that don't know, Jennifer Von Barron's a bit of a big deal uh, in Edmonton's design community. I can even tell in your face right now, you're like, where are you going with your question? Hey, no, but we're getting real. You remember the very first time we met yeah, in person? It was, it was in a suite at Roger's Place That's at an right. Oilers game. A and there was game. a bunch of big shots in that room. And to be honest, Jen, the very first time we met, you were commanding the room. Like you were, and, and then I'll be honest, because when I meet somebody new that really intrigues me, and I told you as much, you made a real impression on me. I learned Great conversation. Learned a little bit more about you, and I found out that you were sitting on the on all these construction boards, and you were the, the 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 director of this and the boss of that, and the straw that stirs the drink. And so it would not have been apparent to me. The point I'm making is that your surface presentation was that not only was everything fine, but you were actually taking names and kicking ass. And then your journey embarks, right? So so for you, what was it? Because because I would say like some people, their story of saying, I, I feel suppressed or I feel underappreciated or I feel intimidated or I don't feel like I can be myself. You weren't presenting any of that. You're so right. You're absolutely right. And this is something that it's, it's twofold. So one, in the docuseries, there's this juicy moment where I, I admit that for a long time, I didn't think that there was a patriarchy. I didn't think that women were still suppressed because I wasn't experiencing that, right. at least not in the workplace. I was walking around with my big JVB energy and I was doing great things. And I felt equal with the men. I felt heard. But what, so I don't have a better not reflex in the boardroom. I say what I really think and I have no qualms about that. But I do have a better not reflex in my personal life. And this is something that Danny and I discovered. We were having dinner and I was like, I can't wait to help all these women get past their better not reflex and authentically express because I don't have one. So obviously I should be able to teach them this. <laughs> and she started laughing <laughs> at me. And she was like, Jen, you just told me a story where something happened to you last night and you, you went and stayed at a hotel because you had to fight with your partner instead of calling one of your friends or your family members to go stay with them. You literally, uh, uh, I couldn't get past my better not reflex to just call someone in my personal life. So mm. that's one aspect of where does your better not reflex lie? Because I personally believe that everyone, man or woman or any gender does have one, but women fall prey to it more often. Well, and I would also add that you look at Jen and me and Aaron at the peak of our corporate careers before all three of us exited our corporate careers and on the outside looking in, it's very similar to a lot of the, you know, conversations that are going on around suicide, right? Like you just, you never, ever know. From the outside coming in, you never know. Yeah, absolutely. All three of us showed up. We were kicking ass and taking names and owning it. But with the system and with saying the things and doing the things and showing up in a way that we knew deep down intrinsically was just not authentic. Well, and so it's not that we weren't talking or commanding a boardroom. It's the better not reflexes also. You can speak, just don't tell them what you really think. Yes, the other aspect of, of my situation was you can be an unknowing subscriber to a harmful system. And I was, I was unknowingly because it wasn't (laughs) seeming to harm me until after years and years of working 65, 70 hours a week, it did start to harm me. 
because you saw that as the formula of success. And I wonder even this like pathway to burnout is that you Mm. don't know you're on it until you're like way on the other side. And then you start to look back and go, oh, wait a second. I wasn't really showing up as myself. I was showing up in a world that wasn't built for me, that was not there, not built for me to succeed in. And now I'm starting to look back and think, was that authentically me? Because that's my challenge for women is, are we really like living in our authentic selves right now? And I think that there's a lot of trauma that we may not have even like picked up on until we exit, till we leave, till we get to a place of burnout. And there was a brilliant, I can't remember who said it in the docu-series. I'm usually pretty good. I'm like, I lived in this no, you, 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 you just say, you, you say, you say, I don't want to tell you who said it. You got to check it out. There we go. <laughs> That's there right. Go. That's Ryan, the turnaround. You gotta, but if you talk to women who got to that point of kicking ass, taking names, the title, um, they will tell you flat out that they have made some pretty significant sacrifices mm-hmm. with their own authentic expression to get there. And then the challenge is, and this is what I found that sure, you know, we're starting to see more women in the C-suite, more women in that VP level. But when I was there, and this was just before I burned out, I never felt more suppressed. And that was at the time when Jen and I were participating in the original magazine club. And so I would go to my leadership meetings and I and I would be hitting up against my better not reflex like an ironclad wall, knowing that and also testing the waters a bit with safe topics, safe things. And then, you know, not being heard. And a few minutes later, my male colleagues saying a very similar thing and being super celebrated for that. Um, that those things over time, they, they really, truly pick away at you. But it was then being in the magazine club at the same time as this senior leadership table that I was at and, and with these women feeling celebrated as my my ideas, perspectives, and opinions, like they, they were welcomed, they were encouraged and going, wait a minute. Okay, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's the environment. Maybe it's yeah. the environment we and those had systems. A, had a really great comment along those lines about, about workplace culture. Artie Miss says it all comes down to management. That's where the corporate tone uh, is established. We're having a bunch of people like spilling their guts in the best way on the live chat right now. So I'm going to okay. get to that in just a second. Um, you're hearing from Danny Strang, Jen Von Barrett, and Aaron Davis. We're talking about Maggie. And if you want to learn more or check it out while we're talking, uh, you can look at joinmaggie.org. You'll also find links to the docu-series there. And we're going to talk more about that in just a second. You know, every single Friday right here on Real Talk, the Real Talk Roundtable oftentimes happens in person around this white oak masterpiece that was designed and delivered by our friends at Urban Timber. Look at this thing. Are you kidding me? But Urban Timber is about so much more than just beautiful custom tables if you check them out online right now at urbantimber.ca you can check out their reclaimed boxcar collection this is i mean these are pieces crafted from reclaimed rail car planks that have traveled millions of miles across the continent if you love a good story uh, the character here from the wear and tear of cargo and freight being dragged across the floor These massive planks are cleaned and sanded and then filled with epoxy, just like our table, finished with a food-safe coating. Each one of these custom tables are unique. 
There's never one that'll look like the other, but they do countertops too. I mean, you want a stunning kitchen setup that will knock people's socks off? What about what about a countertop anywhere in the house? What about shelving like we have here in the Real Talk studio? Plus, of course, custom flooring and beautiful wood paneling. If you can dream it, they can do it. The brand new beautiful Urban Timber showroom is open in West Edmonton Tuesday to Saturday from 10 to 4 p.m. Bring the story home with Urban Timber. Hey, and then we can look to the outside of our living space. I feel intimidated doing this by one of Edmonton's hotshot designers sitting right next to me. Have you ever worked with Eden Landscaping? They do a lot of good work. Eden Landscaping is Edmonton's custom landscape builder, more than 20 years of experience. But there's something that sets Eden apart from other landscaping companies. They're respectful to your budgets, number one. And then number two, there's nothing construction-wise. This is a bold claim. I understand fully the ramifications of what I'm saying. There is nothing construction-wise that you can ask for that they can't build for you. I asked Mike, the owner-operator at Eden, what are you most proud of? He says, I love coming into jobs where they've fired the landscaper, and then they bring us in to fix it. He's like, those are the best ones. Water features, retaining walls, outdoor kitchens, whatever it is. Beautiful stonework, maybe a new pergola. They do it all. You can check them out. Get the contact ball rolling today at landscapeedmonton.ca so shovels are in the ground as soon as it thaws this spring and if you're looking at reinventing yourself maybe listening to these three maybe after meeting maggie you're realizing this is time to just turn things around you're going to take up that career goal you've always had in the back of your mind and really make an intentional move why not check out athabascau.ca today it's canada's open university with world-class accredited online programs and courses the number one selling feature as far as i'm concerned is the flexibility to learn at your own pace you want to take off to costa rica for a month you've got an illness in the family something unexpected pops up you're not falling behind in your undergrad graduate even doctoral programs because you're designing the experience at athabasca university you can get the ball rolling, check out how it works, learn more about programs and courses, and of course, contact the registrar via their website, athabascau.ca. Well, if you're joining us uh, just right now, live streaming on the Mixler audio app presented by California Closets, we're talking to the co-founders of Maggie, the root of that, the magazine club, uh, Danny Strang, Jen Von Barrent, and the lead inclusion strategist at Aaron Davis Co., it's Aaron Davis around the table as well. Should we get to some live chat comments and loop people in? I feel like yeah. we're, we're having coffee with about 200 people right now, which is pretty sweet. Let's hear it. Um, a lot of, you know, Tracy, and it sounds to me like Tracy, I don't know, maybe, maybe Tracy works in, in the business. She, she, she's almost talking like kind of a career counselor or something like that. She says, my advice to job seekers and career changers, try to get an information interview or try to job shadow with a company that you're interested in, in working with. She says, workplace culture is different oftentimes, for example, rural urban or small versus large business uh, government for example is also completely different but similar to a large corporations and career coaches can help I wonder if Tracy is a career coach does that resonate with you yeah no it, it does sound like Tracy's a career coach and I think what I hear in there is like have the conversation talk to some other people understand the culture and especially from a workplace perspective what is it going to be like when I show up? Am I going to be able to um, authentically express myself? Am I going to be able to have the deep conversations? Am I going to ha have the flexibility? That was another really good uh, point too of the world's changing. 
Like Mm -hmm. I was just reading, we are in our fourth industrial revolution. Like this whole conversation of AI and how we need to get on side with technology and that's going to be shaping the workplaces that we're working in. Can I enter this space and be my authentic self? And, you know, I want to tell the story and I'm like trying to figure out the, the best way to bring it in. But these are not challenges like here in Edmonton as we sit around this table. This is challenges all across the world. And I remember sitting at like a very similar table, maybe a little bit longer. And I was in in, in New York City and I thought, oh, yeah, like we're going to be talking about diversity and inclusion at this at this boardroom table. Everyone that lives in New York, they've got this figured out, right? The big city, you made it. And we start having these conversations and they're like, these women cannot express themselves, uh, do not see where their careers are going, are having a really hard time in this like conversation of inclusion. Things need to change. And I just, it's this big moment in my life where I'm like, it's not just here in in Edmonton. It's it everywhere. Is it's, everywhere. It's everywhere. I think yeah. that's the the testament to what we truly believe. Like women do not lack the education. They're more educated than ever. They do not lack the experience or the confidence or the confidence. And so again, back to women are not the victims. It's the systems that we're up against. Can I read this from Brittany? Uh, Brittany says, "What timing." Hey, you never know when something mm. like an, an episode of Real Talk or, or an interaction with someone's just going to kind of like stop you in your tracks. And it's exactly what you need. Brittany says, thank you for a great conversation on this. She says, I really needed this, but I wonder how women don't lose their authenticity in reaching and achieving career goals. That's a big one because we still want career goals. We, we still have them. We want to move the needle more than ever. And to Aaron's point about diversity and belonging not actually being integrated even in the most sophisticated places we've got these check boxes like you're here you're there but um do can we educate more people so that we all understand the value of creating those safer spaces those more in- truly inclusive environments so that women don't lose themselves but another way is well i'm just going to pitch the maggie practice because yep. danny was saying that in her corporate experience when she was kind of getting ground down and not being able to say what she really thought she was having something called positive corrective experiences in our little magazine club and a positive corrective experience is when that neural pathway that you have in your brain that's a super highway because you've always done it that way you've always just stuffed it down better not reflex or you've always better be amenable better be amenable or or like i used to do just push yourself so hard but to Brittany's point to to the point of burnout or, or really sacrificing something sacrificing your authentic self that positive corrective experience starts to carve a new pathway and your body knows your body feels this oh on the other side of my authentic expression is safety and celebration you build up that muscle belonging yeah value yeah and i think we we also have to remind like this is the work that i do every single day where we're also trying to build the environments that are more inclusive so as you are working on your career goals as you're thinking about where you want to show up and do your work you can start to say is my is my company actually thinking about this are they actually creating those spaces do they want to hear my authentic voice and bringing that forward and maybe there's this opportunity to bring the maggie practice into organizations Mm -hmm. and start to say let's create these safe spaces 
let's hear these voices that haven't been heard in their authentic way before and then take that knowledge and say how do we create a better working environment because again i said like the status quo is not working for a lot of people so we've got to create change we asked women what what are you doing uh, when you have that better not reflex and then you have that hangover and you're like, oh, I should have said something. What are you doing to get past that? And they just say, what do they say, Danny? I just tell myself to say the thing next time. And how's that working out for you? It's not. <laughs> it's not. And so Jen and I knew and through um, our own healing from our burnout that women need a tool to help them get into action. So I kind of want to bring in Toastmasters. Everybody around the table knows sure. what Toastmasters is, right? Yeah, they so teach you how to get up and speak in front of groups, right? To, yeah. Am I oversimplifying what it does? That's exactly okay. it. So Toastmasters, here's the thing though, Ryan, like Toastmasters never promises you that they're going to get rid of your nerves in public speaking, right? But but Toastmasters is anchored in practice. Let's say Jen wants to be known for public speaking specific to design. Well, you don't have to curate the best design content to be a public speaker speaker you have to get up over and over and over again in front of a crowd over and over and over again and talk about the benefits of square eggs like it like do you know what I mean I can be very convincing about square eggs I'm sure they don't roll off the counter are you joking is this a real thing (laughs) this is a real like it I'm telling you that'll be next I'm a 4-H kid so I'm used to impromptu speeches and it's not about the content no no, I mean actual square eggs no okay (laughs) really you were well they're square watermelons now so (laughs) no they're actually really are they're easier to ship and so they've genetically I know that this is not where we need to take the conversation (laughs) but they have genetically they've genetically modified them and I think they grow them them in a box. They grow them in a box. And so they fill out the box and then they can ship them more easily. Yeah, you have to go to our website to learn about the square eggs. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Wait, are you talking about joinmaggie.org? Is that what you're talking about? If people can go check it out. Hey, so we've got a great comment here from Greg and and I appreciate his contribution to the conversation. And Greg says that like, you know, a lot of times feeling suppressed also suppresses good ideas and new creative solutions to problems. And it's in the benefit of management to encourage new ideas so Aaron you say uh, the status quo is not working for everybody but it's sure working for some people and so there are I'm sure corporate leaders or culture leaders or people in positions of leadership that understand and they hear this they hear about we need to have an EDI strategy and everybody's talking about you you need to have like equity diversity inclusion we need to have a policy in place that we should and everybody's doing it and then some people are probably like that's a great idea and other people are probably like oh you gotta be kidding me right so do you have do you find that like big organizations or small or what do you find with with regards to the the prominence or or the the, sort of the recurring nature of people that have to be almost dragged kicking and screaming to take this seriously or to find actual legitimate tangible value in it Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one because there is a very strong business case to what Greg was talking about in terms of when we create environments in which people can create, innovate, and bring their true ideas forward, that we actually get better outcomes, that we actually see the bottom line. We 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 do better as an organization. So there's there's hard data on that. But it also means that people might have to, you know, not only be focused on themselves and we need to think about how are we lifting up others who may not have the same um, access that we do, that don't have these tight networks of individuals that they can go and have conversations with. This has been a big lacking. It was for me in my career. And I there's a there's a joke that I say in the in the docu series about like 
having to go and play golf every Saturday because that's where the conversations happen. And I don't really love golf. And so I proudly say that I'm no longer golfing because I don't want to exist in those spaces. But how are we convincing like senior leaders to get on side with this? There's a lot of pressures. There's investors that are saying that if you do not look at bringing in diversity to represent the communities in which you serve, then you are not achieving your goals. So there's sort of the hard, heavy hand. But I think you can get through, and the work I do is connecting the head and the heart. And this is something that I think every single person listening can connect to, is we are, if not anything but human. So how are we creating these Mm -hmm. human experiences to truly connect? Otherwise, we're just robots showing up and doing things like everybody else. That's boring. And if you have a bunch of robots that think the same and act the same and want the same things, you're not going to get, as Dr. Kristen Leach says in our docuseries, friction creates better stuff. The fact is, divergent opinions absolutely produce more innovation. 100%. And that's, that's it. We need that. That's... That's innovation in your company, whether you're selling square eggs or other widgets (laughs) that need to be more innovative or whether you're trying to change a political system. Change happens because the right voices are at the table. But if you go to the G20 summit and the largest delegation is not a country, but it's the oil producers, um, I might have that fact wrong, but no, that was real. That that was real. That happened. Are those the right voices at the table for global climate change? Just as an example. Oh, man. I mean, well, that's an interesting one. I think you do need those voices at the table. Yes, you but, need but, them. But, but, I, but I also understand why people are like, you know, um, you know, I mean, at, the, at, the, at, at COP27 and, and recent climate change conferences, including in Canada this year, uh, people were pissed off that oil companies were involved. Um, I also feel like there's a case to be made for making sure that 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 those corporate leaders um, and, and, and the companies that can influence behavior like let me start from from the you know what what demands oil uh, obviously vehicles and then you take a look at what the world's largest vehicle manufacturers are doing and they're talking about like a lot of them EVs like you look at some of the leaders and like GM and Volvo and obviously Mercedes is rolling out their new line and and, and all of these companies are setting some pretty bold targets and they're coming up quick yeah. right mm. now I'm not naive enough to think that they're not doing that because there's a huge profit model <laughs> obviously there is but that influences behavior and then of course you know you have other corporations that'll follow suit so I like obviously it's important to have those voices at the table but probably not like setting the table or That's not right. dictating the terms not of the conversation. Of, exactly. Not half of the table. Not and owning then, yeah. the table. Exactly. It's, it's the right voices at the table in that diversity because the yeah. friction creates better stuff. So we have to, there, I truly, in most cases, don't believe that there's necessarily a, a, a bad guy or a bad woman or, or whatever. Right and wrong. It's all so many shades of gray. And so how are we, how are all those shades of gray being represented and being discussed? And how are we creating connected knowing, which is a really important principle in our Maggie practice, where I'm just going to try on your opinion for size, for real. This is Mm -hmm. where diversity and belonging gets real. I actually sit in my seat and I think, what would it be like to be a 65-year-old white man, Um, you know, if I'm a 30-year-old uh, African-American w- woman, what would it be like? And vice versa. Mm-hmm. So we want all of those, all of those people at the table. Well, hundred percent. And, and I think that there's a, there's like, if, if I can bring the perspective of a man to the table, like you don't, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that go like, I don't want to be the bad guy. I want to be part of the solution. Right. Like I don't want to be perceived so, as, as sort of, of the epitome or the face of, of what's inherently wrong. Uh, when you talk about 
political structure. You know who I immediately thought of? Oh boy. Is the, the force of nature that is Jacinda Ardern, who's oh, just yeah. resigned. To sp- <laughs> Look at all because three of you. Take it away. Working. Take it away. Take it away. Because everyone's trying to figure out, and she knows her own business, and she can share what she likes or keep to herself what she likes. But a lot of people are looking, and who knows what her future looks like? I mean, the mm. future is very bright. She can do whatever yeah, she wants. But a lot of people are trying to figure out. I don't think she's even 40 yet. Uh, she's already resigned from the top political position in, in her country, a developed country, a ton of promise. But yeah. what strikes you about that story? Oh, so many things. I, you know, I, I'll first say, like, thank you for your service. Yes. Like, I think that was uh, such a prominent leader for many people around the world just to see how she stood strong in this. These are my values. This is the country's values. This is how I'm going to lead. So, like, number one. Amazing example. To not be, like, we will not forget. But also working in a system that doesn't work for her. Again, yeah. like, it's not just Canada. It's around the world and saying, like, I need some time for my family. Like that's kind of what I took away from it. And I'm like, I mean, let, kudos she was a for brand you. new mom. She yeah. was a, we all remember that that yeah. scene where she brought her newborn into the legislative assembly, right? And I remember thinking, like, holy shit, you were gonna drop an f bomb there. I don't. <laughs> well, I'm pretty close. Pretty yeah. close. <laughs> and pretty close. And being open and the number of questions she would have got, like we could just go down a whole pathway in in this. But I think the moment of celebration is, yeah, like her future is bright. Now she gets to assess where's my next sphere of influence? Where am I going to look to create change? And, you know, maybe there's a little bit of like a, I've bumped my head up against the wall a little bit too many times in this position and I'm going to hand this over to someone else to lead, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to look at something else, and that I'm going to see where I'm going to... It makes me that think of... It, so many people say it's really lonely at the top, right? It's For really sure. lonely at the top, and I, I want to bring in... So Dr. Kristen Leach, who owns a firm called Title Equality out of Victoria, she's doing great things, actually. One of their um, big clients is Virgin Mobile, They're, and she participated in our film as well. She has a model called the Equity Sequence, and it's as simple as, who is this thing designed by who is it designed for who is it designed with and who is it designed without and so when you look at Jacinda in the role of global politics was it designed by women no for women no with women likely not without women totally Mm -hmm. so I can I can only imagine and of course these are all assumptions that that loneliness of being that top woman in politics I mean she was she was cut down who did she meet with who was the other political leader that she met with Uh, from Finland yeah and it was like oh girl talk Mm. we are political Mm -hmm. leaders Mm -hmm. that drove me bananas I was super mad with yeah, that one there's there's another like little tool tip to think about like flip the script you know and yeah. they talked about that if it was like two male leaders coming to meet would you be like oh boy talk boy talk <laughs> no right. would you ever, are would you, you just you... meeting because you're the same age yeah. I think that's yeah, what he that's said what it was something no, like that, that. Right. no we're not it, well there was a, I saw it it was like a montage that somebody put together of, of, of like five or six or seven questions that she faced while in office that were all just wildly inappropriate like so every single one of them and, yeah. and it was and, and I almost want to catch myself in the observation I was about to make <laughs> actually let me okay let's let me, unpack let it. me say it and let's place. unpack it okay, okay so I'll keep it real and I was gonna say the grace she displayed in managing or navigating those questions but that's superimposing an expectation well isn't it? it's talking about conditioning so we are all and and men are conditioned to experience women as nurturing graceful. agreeable graceful um, mm-hmm. and, and and when we when a woman doesn't show up that way 
but she's just being assertive. That is aggressive because it's not the way you're conditioned to expect a woman. Right. So you're saying things that are just in your subconscious that are the condition that we're all swimming in, which is why unlearning is one of our, our biggest hot buttons with, with Maggie. We're unlearning this condition. Like I had coffee with this incredible woman yesterday named Jasmine Duncan, who runs uh, you know events in the city and does all this great cultural stuff. And she just said like, what did she say, Danny? I shared this with you yesterday. Oh my gosh, you're putting me on the spot. I, but what I want it, what I will do is I'll bring in, because I think we're on the same path, Roselle Gonsalves, who is the current director. She's got a new title, but her previous title was Director of Inclusion and Diversity at ATB. And she's in our docuseries as well. And she says so passionately that, you know, women are not allowed to be angry at things that are angry making. Like, what would the world have done? What would the world have said if in those moments where things were wholly inappropriate, Jacinda showed anger? You have to hide that. And there's only so much pushing down that you can do. And if you, we connect this back to mine and Jen's story, like you push down, you push down, you push down, you push down, and then eventually there's no more space to push things down and you have to walk away. Yes, that's, that's I remember what Jasmine said. She said, she was telling me about her life and she said, that's when my unlearning journey began. Mm. And when mm. you walked away, when I walked away, when you walked away, for me, that was when my unlearning journey began. And I had to unpack how I was subscribing to this system and figure out how I'm going to navigate the future yeah. in a healthy way. Hmm. Uh, I want to let people know uh, if, if you want to check out more I mean we keep mentioning this docu-series we keep talking about the magazine club uh, produced through the Tell a Story Hive uh, initiative you can check it out at joinmaggie.org you just click on the docu-series link and, and, and you can go check them out right there the pre-digital machine the body knows moving past the what if the dance just the beginning which I love that because a lot of people are, are going to be listening to this podcast someone's like walking their dog right now or they're on their commute home and they're going to go okay putting this into practice or what does this yes. mean for me now I have that vision of sort of like walking into the table and sweeping your arm across it <laughs> clearing the table and letting everybody know you've Ooh. arrived do it however you need to do it but I'm also reminded for even the questions that we've gotten and I as I think about the work that I do and I think about the conversations that we have through Maggie is please say something, have the conversation. We might get it wrong. So just as we kind of unpack, that wasn't like, you know, that wasn't too uncomfortable. Was so but bad? there's, there that wasn't so bad unpacking talk, it with you. Talking about No, I, th grace. I think you might have gone easy on me though. Oh, um, <laughs> but I can like, I remember, I remember being in a workplace. I yes. wouldn't even say which one, but a colleague. So I'm sitting there with a colleague and, and, uh, and another colleague comes in and, Oh, why am I telling this story? Oh my gosh! As I'm, as oh, it's I coming love out it. Of my You're mouth. in it now. No, but it was just, it was, it was just like he came in and he was like, "What's up?" And he's like, "What are you working on?" He put his hands on her shoulders, and I kind of noticed, and she was like, "Would you please exit my space?" Good yeah. job, and, good. right? Yeah. And I was good like, job. "Yeah," but also I was like. I kind of like good on her Absolutely. and also like what the fuck was he thinking but it was just it was just kind of a weird situation but it was like one little moment where 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 uh, a, 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 an unacceptable behavior was addressed and corrected yes. and but that's like one tiny thing but a huge thing right yes. Ryan can I offer a really like so we talk you about know who it was no, no but we talk about positive corrective experience so the next step for men as our partners in unlearning and I don't know if you did this or not but going to that woman and explicitly saying to her Good on you. Yeah. On it, I'm not kidding. Like how in that moment, I've been in that scenario so many times to have a male peer come up to me and be like, Hey, I see you. 
I'm recognizing that thing that happened was wrong. I'm with you on this. It's or huge. even in like even better in the public environment. Right. This like like this is where, you know, if we only care about this stuff, nothing is going to change. And it's it's risky for women to express themselves authentically. It's also risky for men to be like, hang on a second. Why is Ron getting all of the credit for this idea when Jen started the ball rolling five minutes ago? It feels risky. And Dr. So we need Dr. To, we need to speak up, but so do men. So do men. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I love that, Danny. Doctor Doctor Gans, you know Doctor Gans. Yeah, Gans Ferens. Doctor Gans Ferens. What a beauty. He's such a beauty. He's in our docu series. He's in the docu series too. Oh yeah, is he? <laughs> yeah. And he he speaks so plainly about power dynamics. It's not a zero sum game. Yes, it's it is vulnerable for that woman to speak up, and it's vulnerable for that man to have her back. But it's not a zero sum power dynamic game. So by sharing power, your power increases. And I love how Dr. Yance talks about it because he laughs. He's like, it's hilarious that people don't realize this. You don't need to hoard your power. That men, he specifically says it's hilarious that men don't realize this. Mm-hmm. That yeah. by, by sharing it. Yeah. And we are challenging addressing the um, idea. We're challenging I- and addressing the action in the moment for that unlearning, not the person. Because yes. we can't oh, Aaron, that's so important. take it personally because we're all on a learning journey. We're not always going to get it right. And that was kind of the point I wanted to make in terms of unpacking it, have the conversation, say it out loud, talk to someone that you trust and, and, and you can have that conversation with. And maybe it becomes broader, but there's a lot of fear. I call it fear of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. So then we don't do anything. And then totally. back to the status quo remains. Doing nothing is just as bad this as is doing the something. Core. This is the core of the, of the Maggie practice and why we have these beautiful magazines on the table. Because that fear, very similar to Toastmasters, you have to do a thing over and over and over and over again in order to overcome nerves, fear, whatever. And the to better, create a the new better not reflex pathway. To create, so what we do... This is what we piloted in the Magazine Club docu-series is every month we bring a group of women together. Um, And by the way, we tested if we could do this with strangers (laughs) and we found out that we could. And in the deliberation of exceptional journalism anchored, you know, the Walrus was a massive partner for us. Shout out the Walrus. Shout out the Walrus. Independent journalism. And Jennifer Hollett, the executive director of the Walrus, was incredible. She's in the docu-series as well. Through the practice of... In expressing my ideas, perspectives, and opinions, I'm going to get this fear. I'm going to get this better not reflex. And if we have a practice where the magazine content literally redesigns the space, recreates the space where women abandon their authentic expression for the needs of the table or the comfort of others. Instead, in a safe space, we want them to say the thing anyway. And they get that positive corrective experience in community, that unlearning in community from the other women that say... You're celebrated, you're welcomed, you're encouraged. And more and more and more and more you do that in a safe space over and over and over again. You strengthen that muscle. Your body goes, wait a minute, this is new information here. Mm. I'm going to be able to build a new neurological pathway. And so our hope and our vision with the Maggie practice and, and the magazines being catalysts is that over time, women are going to extend that into not so safe spaces. 
We want to change how women are showing up in these critical mm-hmm. conversations. You, Mick Fury in the live chat says, I'll never forget Trump standing behind Angela Merkel, German chancellor at the time, and putting his hands on her shoulders like that. Lou says, who will forget uh, the bright young talent, that MP from Nunavut. He's talking about Mumalak yeah, Kakak, who was basically run out of parliament, yep. a young Inuk woman. I remember an interview. It wasn't that long ago. I actually just Googled. Oh, by the way, Jacinda Ardern, 42 years of age. I always like to correct and stay on top of it. Young. I mean, she's entering For the sure. prime yeah. of her career. And what yeah. promise there? Uh, you wonder where she'll be a CEO or an executive director or a diplomat or whatever she chooses to be. Um, uh, and and I think back, I mean, I remember interviewing Stephanie McLean, the MLA. She was a minister for the status of women out of Calgary. I just checked what year it was when I talked to her. It was June of 2016. So a mm. while ago, but not that long no. ago. She was the first woman in Alberta's history to have a baby while holding political office. Uh, at least, at, at least in a provincial government. Um, and, and you remember, uh, like, do you remember, like, when she showed up with her baby at the Alberta legislature, and people act like acted like it was like the most earth-shattering development that you could have ever possibly seen? I mean, so it, you know it, it, you know this isn't ancient history. No, Mm-mm. I was just going to say, you know, what's wild is that I actually don't know of that scenario, and I am after that this. Is wild. Yeah, after this conversation, she'd be great I'm to talk to. Totally. Yeah. You know what? You know why she's an especially great interview because she's a former NDP cabinet minister. And and she will rip the NDs and the conservatives like she is. A, <laughs> seen it she's, all. She has seen it all, and she is all about accountability. So, Stephanie, shout out to Stephanie McLean. I think it was Calgary Varsity was was her writing. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation. We're already an hour, which I can't I can't even Ooh, believe. Wow. And uh, and and we've got a date. We have a very special edition of Trash Talk coming up with a special guest who's in the bullpen right now, and I can't wait to hand her the microphone. So so as we wrap, um, I want to give the three of you again. If you're just tuning in, it's Jen von Barrent, Danny Strang, and Aaron Davis. And the website that we're talking about right now is joinmaggie.org. Uh, that's where you can learn more about uh, this remarkable project. Um, maybe something to walk with or something for us to think about, uh, to, to chew on through the weekend, so to speak, including maybe, I scribbled this down, uh, maybe a message to the next gen men. Uh, if one of you can oh, integrate yeah. that as, as, as we wrap. It's a, it's, we can't leave without giving a huge shout out to the crew and the creatives behind this project and something that I am immensely proud, uh, proud of. Jen, we are all immensely proud of that is so rare in the television and film industry. And Ryan, you can probably echo this, is that our crew and our creative team is 100% trans, non-binary, and women-led. Hmm. And it was not an easy, like at one point in time, we had a, a our lead camera woman who moved to Vancouver. And I think this is where so many organizations get to. It's the easy thing to be like, well, we know this cameraman and that cameraman, but we intentionally wanted to keep those those stats. And so shout out to Modern Muse Media who radically supported us and without Jesse Shemansky's held yes she's great the magazine club would not have existed to Desmalenka of the creative hive who also was a hell yes right we calculated over $250,000 of volunteered time and resources that have gone in and primarily Edmonton women and we are just so thankful for Aaron Davis for your voice for your participation for believing well we've been friends for a long time and believing that this was something that we could do um the 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 community and the momentum jen and i thought that this would be a cool thing that we put on our linkedin right filmmaker like we said at the beginning and every time we wanted to keep this project small the women around us in edmonton said make it big make it big make it big Mm -hmm. and so this is a conversation we just watch it's free it's on youtube and if you want to get in touch with us more hello at joinmaggie.org 
you hit on community and that's what it's all about. If we have these isolated experiences and don't talk about them, more of the same just is perpetuated. So Maggie is a community, it's a platform, it's in early stages of a bigger build. We're creating community here. We're so happy to be within your real talk community, having mm. having this real talk. We need to heal at, in community. So that's a huge takeaway mm-hmm. for everyone. We we are not, uh, isolation is just not the way. The, the lone wolf is, is gone it's about community and so that's what we're building and thanks to you ryan for creating a safe table oh i've been looking in forward this community. to this community yeah this is, like, this is the whole point of this table you know is to have conversations like this and i've been eagerly awaited we don't we don't usually have a round table scheduled this far in advance so we've been really <laughs> excited about your launch and, and your yes. post-production and everything that's coming up and i and i'm picturing like i don't know what she looks like but i'm picturing somebody with airpods on right now listening to this just just yelling like yes you yes go! i feel like there's people that are finding their people by hearing this uh Aaron, last yeah. word to you um, just remember, we can create a more inclusive world one conversation at a time. So thank you to all the voices that uh, contributed to the docu-series and check it out and then tell your friends. Yes. In the spirit of community, something that Danny and I have a vision to do is take this on a road show. So if you're listening right now and you want to be a national sponsor and take the Magazine Club docu-series on a road show to create problem awareness, more community and fix this problem just uh, give us a call people can contact you by your website uh, again yes. it's kind of the hub for everything joinmaggie.org that's where you can link to the docu-series you can learn more about who Maggie is and of course follow them on on Instagram and uh, and LinkedIn and Twitter as well uh, it's Jen Von Barrett Danny Strang Aaron Davis thank you for this I feel like this could have been three hours thank you yeah wow. have an so amazing rest of your weekend uh, real fine. talkers <laughs> hey over to you what, what do you make of, of what you just heard thanks to everybody that's been chiming in on the live chat but I guarantee that some of you will have more to say and if so you know where to find us talk at ryanjesperson.com that's how you get the keys to our inbox you can hit us up on Twitter as well and of course our uh, hashtag the one that we keep an eye on is real talk RJ that's powered by our friends at Park Power uh, your friendly local utilities provider. You'll find them online at parkpower.ca. It takes literally less than five minutes to compare rates on electricity, natural gas, and internet, and then sign up. Bring your business over to Park Power. There's no service interruption. You don't have to sit on hold for two hours with your former utilities provider to break up with them. Park Power does all the work. I can tell you that because we've gone through the process ourselves as a family, and it could not have been easier. The promo code REALTALK23, that's REALTALK23, saves you up to $150, 50 per utility, electricity, natural gas, and internet, when you bring your business to Park Power. Now, once you've done that, you're going to want to get serious about considering working with Kubi Renewable Energy. They're Western Canada's most reputable solar installer but why choose Kubi? What is it about Kubi? Well, let me tell you. Solar energy is cleaner than fossil fuels. We know that. Solar systems are a renovation that will increase the value of your home and pay for itself. We know that. Plus, you're going to be able to cut back on your costs, including what can sometimes be unpredictable rates. That's what families are trying to navigate right now with inflation and everything else you want to know exactly what your monthly budget's going to look like. Kubi's 
dialed in on that Canada Greener Homes grant, that $40,000 interest-free loan from the feds, pay it up over 10 years. The average solar system is going to cost between twelve and 25000 Likely, you're not going to need the full forty. Kubi will do all the paperwork for you, explain the implications. It all starts with a free quote today at kubienergy.ca. If you and the family are going to be getting together this weekend, maybe it's a brunch, maybe it's a dinner, may I recommend, if you're in the province of Alberta, that you swing by one of the 16 Friesen Brothers locations. If it's breakfast, I personally recommend the Ivan's Sausage and the Sourdough Cinnamon Buns. Johnny, you got a recommendation for Friesen Brothers on the weekends? Oh, I got a ton. Knocks your socks off. What's one thing that you always I always go for for the pies because there's a few pies that don't have the dairy in them and you can get a half. You can get a full if you're going to go all in, but the, the fresh baked pies are incredible. I love that. And with the half pie, you can kind of have that guilt for you. Just crush it on your way home. You know, it's, there's only a half pie. My wife always says to me, oh, you're getting the half pie? <laughs> you're getting the half pie? You'll find them online at Friesen.com. And I'm so excited over the weekend to hang out with our friends from the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. They're going to be at the Real Talk Pond Hockey Classic tomorrow. They've got the burgers going. They've, of course, got some ice cream treats. It is Dairy Queen after all. We're talking about the Dairy Queens at Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, and Baseline Road. And if you're looking uh, to really, really steal somebody's heart, to really make somebody's day on February 14th, don't forget you can start your Valentine's Day celebration on the right foot with a DQ cake, the Triple Truffle Blizzard cake. Uh, Can I describe this in just a quick second? Three decadent truffles, peanut butter, fudge, caramel, a chocolatey topping, a middle layer of the truffle, the triple truffle blend, and finally a layer of world-famous DQ vanilla soft serve. I feel like triple truffle blend would be a great name for a band. (laughs) I think anything tripled is is probably good. Tripled is is, is very, very good. Well, we're going to try something new. You know, every Friday we wrap our episode, we wrap our show with easily the the most popular five minutes of our entire week. Uh, it's an exercise where we blow off a little steam and you send us real emails and, and basically I read them at full amplification so everybody can hear what needs to be heard. But we're going to try something a little bit different in this weekly tradition we call Trash Talk! Yeah, that's right. My good friend Chris Cromwell tweeted this week that somebody was misbehaving behind the wheel and she was typing out a tweet and I thought this would be perfect for trash talk, but I didn't want to read it. I wanted her to read it. She agreed. And so here she is, the first ever Real Talker debut taking over the mic on Trash Talk. Chris, it's all you. I'm Chris Cromwell, and on Tuesday, I was riding my bike, and a driver intentionally and maliciously hit me with their car. And I'm here to say to a lot of you, stop it. Stop with the pissing and moaning about cyclists. I get it. You're in your feelings. Anyone, how dare anyone inconvenience you while you're pushing your climate-controlled Barca lounger around? But here's the thing. No one cares about your feelings. Driving is a privilege, and you don't have any more right to the road than a human being on a bike. You sound like a bunch of entitled children with your misinformed nonsense complaints. No cyclists don't break the law at a higher frequency than drivers. 25% of cyclists do in fact bike year round and 30% of cyclists are low income with few to no transportation choices. My personal favorite, cyclists don't pay road tax. Road tax literally doesn't exist. It's a figment of your imagination. Fees like gas taxes and registration fees, those go to provincial and federal coffers and is not transferred back to cities to pay for roads. You want to know what pays for roads? Property taxes. You want to know who pays property taxes? 
everyone. And everyone has an equal right to access the infrastructure that they pay for. And even if none of that was true, people on bikes are just that. They are people on bikes. They're human beings who just want to get to work or school or lunch without being murdered because a driver thinks their convenience is more important than a cyclist's life. This constant complaining and misinformation about cyclists creates space for awful people who are driving cars to justify harming people on bikes. Your words matter. Cyclists aren't criminals or pests or parasites. We're people. And if you can't share the road with us, your driving privileges should be revoked. Yeah, that's Chris Cromwell. Nailed it. I love you, Chris. Have an amazing weekend. Stay safe on the road and make sure you check out Chris's podcast at BIPOCoutside.com. All of you run and subscribe to it right now. She just kicked some serious ass. That was fantastic. (laughs) We might need to make this a thing. She absolutely nailed it. And we're going to wrap with this one from Colleen. All right, Colleen works in ag. As a matter of fact, Colleen is a beef producer, and she wrote in after my conversation with Jessica Scott Reed on Canada exporting horses for slaughter, right? You remember that one earlier this week? Go listen to it if you didn't. Well, here's another side of the coin. Colleen says, I feel like Jessica was pushing a narrative, and she's very good at it, uh, to direct people right into her agenda, and it felt manipulative to me. The fact that the vast majority of Canadians are so far removed from farm and livestock and where our food comes from is being used to push this agenda. Like many Canadians have never seen up close or or interacted with farm animals. Most interactions that Canadians have with animals in our urban society are with like house pets, like dogs and cats. It's the way that she says, I think that Canadians think, right? She's, She's bringing out an emotional response from folks that only know a part of a story, an incomplete story. She says, horses are not just companions and pets in Canada. Many people raise them for the purpose of human consumption, like food, and that's okay. It's very nutritious. Just because it's not a social norm in this part of the world, that's no reason to shut down a $100 million business because some activist thinks that the animal in the system is a pet or a companion. They're big animals. They can live into their 30s. Who's going to save or adopt all these horses in the meat sector? She says, then your conversation rolled into vegetarianism and veganism, and that's a personal choice, and that's fine. And I applaud people for living their choices. I'll never tell anybody to consume something they don't want to. And then the conversation rolled into the carbon footprint. Okay, it's the beef we eat that's upping our carbon footprint. Let's not fuck around and call out some of the totally non-essential things we have in our life that are upping our carbon footprint that are not the whipping boy that is beef. As a beef producer, says Colleen, I'm sick to death of the narrative of beef being the downfall of the planet. So here is my no bullshit, super short list of things we can all live without and still be healthy humans. Number one, hot showers. Imagine how much energy is going right down the drain. Not necessary. If we're calling out extras, what about dogs and cats as pets? Clothing, photos, baths, very good food, poop bags, driving them to the dog park. Pets leave a big carbon footprint. Can we live without them? Yes. Do we want to? No. What about crappy toys for kids? How many people have a basement full of cheap plastic toys that are 100% bound for the landfill? Stop at a fast food place, get a plastic wrap toy, fresh shipped from China. They play with it until you get home and then it's already garbage. It's ridiculous, says Colleen. What about redecorating your house? What about ripping out your kitchen for an update? What about all new appliances? Don't fucking kid yourself. This is all ending up in the landfill. What about cosmetics? How much energy is used for the aisles and aisles of cream and lotions and potions that are selling a 
formula of the fountain of youth. Guess what, folks? You're still going to get old. What about all of our time spent online with these cloud server farms taking up enormous amounts of energy? What about plane trips for a quick trip to Toronto? Not necessary. What's the carbon footprint on fresh imported fruit and veg? You can live a long, healthy life without a bite of fresh papaya. What about lawns? Front lawns, back lawns, why not convert it into a food garden? We can double down on lowering your carbon footprint by not shipping lettuce from California during the winter months. What about fashionable clothes? What about the secondhand stores with bags and bags that you're donating because you're keeping up? What a fucking waste! As a beef producer, it's getting old. Being the whipping boy for the carbon footprint we're leaving. If people are so concerned, you can make your own efforts to decrease it, and I've spelled it out for you. Colleen says, by the way, thanks for the opportunity to send in a response. I enjoy Real Talk every day. Often think about emailing you, but I never did until now! Colleen, I love it. Agree or disagree, there's always room at the table for perspective so we can consider what others have and then decide if it's for us. It's the whole foundation of what we do. You can send us your trash talk to talk at ryanjesperson.com. We're looking forward to seeing a whole bunch of you, including the team at Local Environmental out at the Real Talk Pond Hockey Classic tomorrow. Make it a great weekend, and we will see you again right here on Monday. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, Executive Producer Josh Dunford, Technical Producer John Hicks, General Manager Katie Cook Chivers, Account Coordinator Lawrence Durlego, Human Resources Lena Shepherd, Website Design Mike Johnston, Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandy Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola. Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a relay project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.